0: This is Vinny Favali. Welcome to the FSF Popcast, your home for the all-nerdy, no dirty interviews with people in our sci-fi and pop culture world. Hello and welcome to Pop Culture Addicts. Our guest today is the co-founder of Comedy Central. He's been an executive in charge of production for shows like the David Letterman Show. He's been involved with Stephen Colbert's. Uh, events on CBS television and he was the president of talent development and live events for CBS as well he's an author he's an avid Beatles fan and he's been a podcast host safe to say Vinny Favali has done a little bit of everything over his career and we're here he's here today on pop culture addicts to talk about just those very everything's welcome to the show Vinny
1: great to be here guys thank you for joining us we're excited
0: Boy, you know, sometimes when we go, you know, we look at people, we look at their IMDB list. We look at, I look, I found so many articles about you. There, there's all, there's a lot of stuff in the world that has been written about Vinny Favalli. Um, And I've come to the conclusion, you are a busy man, sir. You've <laughs> the conclusion that I wrote all those articles. <laughs> Hey, oh, if, you, if you did and you have that many pen names, more power to you because then you were busier than I thought.
2: <laughs> One of the things I learned um, working with Letterman and and Howard Stern and like press is key, you know, like the more, you know, the, hopefully good press uh, to promote right. something. And, and when I did my musical, I think a lot of it was generated from that. I was just like trying to get as much free publicity as possible to get the word out.
0: Right. Well, actually, that leads me right into my first question for you because, you know, with all the things that you've done, you also found time to write, as you mentioned, a musical called Hereafter. Right. So this is a two part question. Okay. Uh, First off, if you would please explain to our listeners about the musical and its inspiration. And then, secondly, from my understanding, you're not a musician. How do you write a musical while not being a musician?
2: <laughs> I know, right? That's crazy. I have some good role models. Uh, the quick answer, as quick as I could make it, on the musical front, um, I, th- this, uh, does Broadway cover pop culture addiction for you guys or mm-hmm. musicals Absolutely. in general?
0: Yeah.
1: Absolutely. That's- I'm a cool, huge cool. musical fan. So yes. yes oh, great. Okay.
2: Uh, excellent. 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 Uh, I am as, as well. And growing up in New York, I've had access to like some of the greatest shows mm-hmm. uh, of all time. So I loved, I love musical theater, uh, love rock and roll. I, there was a, I, I think it, I want to say it was in the, like 2004 five, that, that time period. I, I, um, I wrote a song. I had been writing songs more as a, as a hobby for fun stuff. I don't know if you, you heard that Howard Stern found one of my old songs called Restless, Restless. And it was a horrible song an admittedly horrible song that I wrote <laughs> with my buddy, Taji Gisimondo. And I was hip to the fact that how bad it was. So I, I made, I gave it to Howard and he had this incredible contest where, where, uh, people like Robert Goulet and William Shatner, you know, they would win a thousand dollars. I don't know why those guys submitted songs versions to, to, to produce a version of my song that didn't sound horrible. Right. And through that process, um, I met so many great musicians and I realized like the beauty of music, how you could take a crappy song, but if you say, make this crappy song sound like the Beatles in the hands of a good musician, they could turn that into a, a Beatlesque type number. Okay. Right. So that's, that's kind of like a, an important background to this. So it was around that time period when um, I saw one of those memorial trees on the side of the road, heartbreaking. You knew an accident happened there. You know, by memorial tree, it's mm-hmm. really flowers. Right. Um, right. And it's usually on the side of the road, not always a tree, but it's just like a roadside memorial. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I was in my neighborhood, and I read in the paper, oh, boy, I was a teenage boy who died, 19. And, you know, it was really sad. I read the story, and I had my own loss growing up uh, with, with loss of my brothers, one, oldest and youngest, when I was in, like, you know, 15, 16. So I, I, I knew what that was like. And it moved me to write a song, called 19 a a wishful song a song like oh wouldn't it be great if if this 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 boy who died or anyone who died could communicate to their loved ones look i can't give you the secrets of what happens when you die you could you're not supposed to know that but just go on with your life i'll be fine you know just just one little thing you know and so i wrote the song and i'm like and I got one of the the, the Restless bands to, to record it. Now I had access to someone. And by writing it, I write a very simple melody. Um, and and the, I'm really good with the lyrics. And, and I, the, the melodies have to be earworms because I have to be able to lottie die it to you. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure. you know, uh, even if you can't play an instrument, if you love the Beatles and you have a decent voice, you could sing the song that carries the melody. So, and, and by the way, that's how Mel Brooks wrote The Producers. I mean, Mel Brooks is a classic example of the guy who, first of all, his lyrics are brilliant because they're they're comedic, and he he loves music, he knows music, and a guy like Mel Brooks can afford to have a great musical arranger, which ultimately I did when I did my musical. So long story short, I had this song, it came out great, and I'm like, well, what is a... 50-something guy do with a rock and roll song about like uh, a a, a boy who died trying to talk to his mother, right? There's there's no world for that, you know? Mm -hmm. And then musical theater, I was like, oh, wait a second. Oh my God. Like I had, I saw Rent on Broadway and I remember seeing it thinking, I am surrounded by the bridge and tunnel crowd. I don't say that pejoratively, but by, by mothers and, and grandmothers and kids from Queens and Brooklyn, they've come to see this musical and they're loving it. Right. If I sat those people down and just played them this new album by a group called rent, like they wouldn't get through three songs. Right. Right. Because it's, it's just, the music would be too heavy. But if you, if you surround it with this beautiful story of these incredible performers, it's not a rock and roll edgy album anymore. It's, it's a show and that's just part of it. And that's when I realized, Oh wait, you know, that's where a song like this could live, you know, maybe it's a story about uh, how we deal with the loss of a loved one. Something I have experience with. So I, you know, and with my partner, Frankie Keene, she and I wrote it together. We, we came up with this, this very simple premise, you know, three women who don't know each other, uh, find themselves in a group reading with a psychic who's supposed to be good. Like, you don't know if he's good or not. They're all supposed to be the best, right? Mm-hmm. Like I got, right. Oh, you got to go see my psychic, you know? Um, and, and over the course of the show, the spirits, organically come up through flashbacks but then they linger and then that, that's basically the premise of the show and it takes place in real time uh and i i structured it like like a course line i was like looking at some of the great shows out there right. and figuring out okay these are kind of mirror characters and that's how it came to be and you know it was the early days of kickstarter Remember that the good mm-hmm. old days of oh, yeah. Kickstarter when you weren't weren't annoying your friends and family, <laughs> um, and and we we had we 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 had we wrote the book, we wrote the music, we had some really great demos, we had done some readings, and we felt you know now you know, the thing about a musical is like, you have to gather like a lot of troops together. You know, in my case, it was like uh, 10 actors, you know, in a band. So we did some readings. We thought, you know what, this is worth it. So I did a Kickstarter and raised a good chunk of money, but I still had to put a lot of my own money in, into the show. And, and we had an amazing off-Broadway run. And then that was it. You know, it was licensed uh, in Spanish. It's played in Argentina and uh, you know, it's out there now. And hopefully, it'll come back again. So, so that's how that all happened.
1: That's really cool. And I agree that with rent, if you're not familiar with the story, if you're not seeing the characters, there's no way anybody's going to make it through the opening number of that album. Either.
2: Right. Right. Exactly. Like, could you imagine like even your coolest aunt, right? Or, or Mm -hmm. or grandmother or whoever that loves Broadway that goes to see all the shows. If you just said, Hey, listen to this song. I I think you're right. You'd lose them halfway through it.
1: Right. I mean, they'll, they'll make, they'll make it through seasons of love because that's that's the the earworm that's the one that catches that's everybody the candy
2: but it takes a while i mean that, right that opening numbers that, 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 that it's very very intense mm-hmm. uh, but such oh my god what how great is that i
1: know i love that show yeah.
2: <laughs> and, and did you like the movie i did i, I love the movie
1: tim is not a musical fan so this is, this is totally <laughs> right this ballpark
0: tim cured I, his I, addiction of musicals i am i am uh out in left field looking at uh, the bleachers completely lost. So okay, well, <laughs> uh, well,
2: we'll rate it into other things, but let's just put a cap on that. We love rent. We love musicals. Oh, yeah, and no, no, there's, you guys there's more video. musicals
0: involved. No, no, in you this. you can keep talking <laughs> musicals. It's fine. I'm I am I, by I no think, means. By the way, my
2: my favorite musical of all time, and it's also because it's it's it just coincidentally happens to be one of my favorite my favorite movie of all time is uh, Nine, um, the original Nine, mm-hmm. based on Felides Eight and a Half. Yeah. I saw that uh, with Raul Julia. Uh, in, in 1982 and it's Ooh. still an incredible score
1: that's really cool I mean I I grew up in a musical theater family my grandma was an opera singer my parents met doing community theater nice. I did theater in high school but my first musical experience was as a five-year-old I'm the youngest of four and my parents took us to Toronto and we went and saw Phantom of the Opera
2: oh that's such a in great, the
1: Pantages yeah. theater, at five was horrendous. That was <laughs> it was terrifying. But then when the motion picture came out in two thousand and four, and I watched it again as a twelve year old, and I'm like, wait a minute,
2: <laughs> I like this. You story. retroactively fell in love with the show.
1: Exactly, exactly.
0: So, you know, I've I've been to several musicals. My wife is a big fan of musicals. What, did, what have you seen? So I've seen Phantom. I okay. actually enjoyed it. Um, and uh, you know the, the the main theme of, of mm-hmm. Phantom. Uh, the guitar work and that is just amazing. And so to me, I, I actually, I actually don't mind that song. That's it, like, you know, when everybody asks me, what's one song that, that, you know, people wouldn't expect you to like, I'm like, uh, Phantom of the Opera, you know, <laughs> there, here it is because most everybody who knows me knows that I am not a fan of musicals. Um, I, I unapologetically hate cats uh i cats it's, is a actually, show.
2: it's it's not that yeah it's not as bad as it should be uh, as a musical the movie I, I can't speak to that i won't i haven't
0: i didn't see the movie because i didn't i didn't feel like reinserting bamboo shoots under my fingernails <laughs> um, so,
2: so
1: the movie the movie has its has its upsides like i love that they they sort of gave it a plot it wasn't just the song lyrics of a book of poetry there right. was a, an underlying plot with macavity's plan they they kind of spelled out what he was doing a little bit more other than that it was atrocious <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah see i've i've gone to uh let's see miss saigon les miz that was good basically got les um, miz is great les Mis is great I, I spent three and a half hours looking at my wife going, what's happening? What, what, why is, why is <laughs> this it? really, is
2: all this happening just because of a loaf of bread, what's going on? Yeah.
0: I was completely lost in Lame Mis. Yeah. It just, I... it was, it was bad. See, I have a problem with people, uh, sing, talking to each other when they could just like talk. <laughs> you know and so that and that's probably even more why well, i hate cats because now movie, it's people in cat outfits doing it it's just like yeah
2: yeah in the movie like is i wish russell crowe would have talked i mean they ruined that movie you know they just there's just just hire singers you don't need actors to sell right. that movie um
1: i mean anne hathaway did a fantastic job as Fantine, but
2: yep. russell crow yeah that wasn't that wasn't good. Uh you know, like like if you so so Tim, if you saw um the Lame is uh Kathleen, you probably saw this, the Lame concert on P mm-hmm. on PBS where they where they they do the show not in costume, they're just singing the songs. That's you would like that. That's really cool.
0: When I recommend looking that.
1: up the 25th anniversary
0: one. Yeah, right. That's yeah. My wife used to have it back in the day on uh something something or rather lame is on C D. Yeah. That was a yeah,
2: triple CD set. That was a, that was a, a huge.
0: Yeah. She had, she had that. And we lost it in a move, not my fault, by the way, oh, not God. my fault, I'd I didn't... but uh, we lost it in a move and I, I was not sad. <laughs> uh,
1: I think the is the 25th, the 25th anniversary of Les is the one with um, Nick Jonas is... in it too.
2: No, no, Jonas is a later one, I think. Oh, you're right, you're right. You know, it's been so long. I think the 10th anniversary one is the one that has the original um, guy in it. Um,
1: The original Jean Valjean.
2: Nine was a disaster as a movie. Horrible. I thought they did. You know, how could my favorite... That was a mashup of my favorite movie, Felitti's Eight and a Half, and, and, and my favorite musical nine. How could you go wrong? And it was horrible.
1: I went and saw Les Mis twice in Kalamazoo. It was at um, Western Michigan University's Miller Auditorium. Um, They've got this really cool, or they did, um, when I lived on that side of the state, they had a a volunteer usher program. So my aunt worked for the school, so she could volunteer to be an usher for shows. And then she got my mom and my brother involved in it and they could bring a guest usher. So, I mean, you're standing holding, handing out pamphlets for the, for the show. But then you get to sit and you get to watch the
2: show. Oh my God.
1: So I went and saw *Lemonade* cool. twice. I saw Jersey Boys. Saw that Wicked. Great.
2: great. I didn't like Wicked. I, I don't know why. I just I it It's hard to get into. Way. Yeah, yeah. I, and I'm not a fan of uh, Adina. How did, how did John Travolta pronounce her name? Adina Menzel. Uh, Adel Dazim. Yeah, Adel Dazim. <laughs> um, I feel like I should. That's one of the shows where I feel like I should. You, I mean, you guys probably encounter that all the time as pop culture addicts, you know, w- whether it's a, a movie or a TV show. Sometimes when the hype is so big, I'm almost afraid. Like, I haven't watched yet. What's, what's the big show on Apple TV? The soccer show. Ed um, Lasso. Yeah, I'm. Af- I'm actually afraid to watch it. I know it's I gonna was, be great, but I'm afraid because I, I mean, get that.
0: Yeah, because I, I was before I started it. Yeah. So I, I, I'm like you when when something gets so hyped. Yeah. I, I'm afraid that I'm gonna go into it with too high of expectation, and that I'm right. and, and be and, and there's no displayed. way that. Yeah, and there's there's zero way. There's no way that it could ever hit the mark, and that some way right. throughout this con- the 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 time that I spent watching it or having the conversation, and getting to the point of watching it that I'm going to be then thusly horribly disappointed. And, and I, I'm right. always afraid of that. But I will say uh, it's worth the watch. Okay. Also it really is.
1: on Apple TV, it's amazing show. worth the watch is Schmigadoon.
2: Yeah, see, that's another one that I'm <laughs> just like, you know, I, I feel like that, 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 that thing has been done before. Didn't mm-hmm. ABC do uh, uh, something that was really cool, it seemed at the time, but then I lost interest in that. What was that one called? Oh, I don't this, remember musical it was it was a musical thing too but is it good is it it's not over the
0: top okay, or okay okay so here's the thing i actually liked it oh I, I hate musicals and i like it um there's enough it's it's a comedy so there's there's enough comedy in it to offset it and some of the there's a couple of the songs where i had to go back and listen to the song again because i was laughing so hard the first time really yeah, that I had to go back and listen to it to to see what I had actually missed the first time through. All right, well, because, that... and
1: as a musical fan, though, I mean, there are so many there are so many parodies and drawbacks draw uh, yeah drawbacks to other shows that I right. mean they straight up make fun of some other musicals,
0: and but they in have, the they best, best have way possible. Actors from musicals, you know, in the show, yeah, really, people yeah. who can actually sing yeah kristen you know, chenoweth
1: and, is in it um right
0: yeah yeah so it's really yeah i have to it's check actually that. I mean, really well great done
2: actors yeah all right
1: well yeah. then I, I need to i need to do that one an entire musical number about corn pudding <laughs> of all an things entire
0: mus- an entire corn musical pudding. number about sex education that's true um, that's the winner
2: that um, one is that's the winner, the
0: winner. really yeah, one, oh one my show God. that I,
2: I i hadn't watched i it wasn't it just I didn't have the time. I'm not aggressively not watching it. It just happened that I'd heard about it. And then when I watched it, I was like, oh my God, this is the best show ever, Bob Spurs. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It, it's phenomenal. It's show so hilarious. I, like, how was that on for so many years? And I didn't watch it. I didn't see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I love that. And I still watch The Simpsons.
1: Oh, there yeah. you go. Excellent. So still on the the musical topic Excellent. a little bit. We had talked pre-show <laughs> about um having interviewed Art Bell recently, but my husband actually found a video of you and Art Bell talking about Mel Brooks, who we've already talked about a little bit. Yeah. So talking about the producers, why do yeah. you think that it was so remarkable, especially for its time? And why should Tim watch that one?
2: <laughs> are we talking like the movie, right? The original movie?
1: Either, either the original. Well,
2: is actually there actually like the versions remake version
1: yeah. more than the original. I, well, well the remake,
2: yeah, the remake is, is, is actually the full Fledged musical, right? The remake, uh, the one with Matthew Broderick and mm-hmm. Nathan Lane. Yeah. Well, you know, just, I'm actually reading Mel Brooks's biography now. Highly recommend it. It's so, it's so good. Um, I, uh, it's just a great premise because there's some truth to it. And mm-hmm. working in musical theater, you know, the desperation, it's like, wow, we have to get all these people to invest in the show. And, and wait a second, we wait we with the producer, who's a zero mustel, like just for his, his Portrayal of of uh, of of Max is is so great, but I yeah I think you should you should you should probably start with the I think you should watch both versions. I, I would start with the original only because Gene Wilder mm-hmm. and Zero Mostel. How do you go go wrong with right. that? And it was Mel Brooks's uh, second film, I think, or first film. It was you know, and 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 it's amazing how you know it's only like it was less than it was like 25 years from Hitler, the time mm-hmm. spent, you know, this is, this was in the mid sixties and he's making a movie where obviously he's making fun of Hitler, but still sometimes people right now, you couldn't even get away with it. I don't think, because no. people couldn't look beyond the swastika. They was like, well, It still has a swastika. So we, we, you know, we will not allow this as even right. though right. they're making fun of it, like in a real Busby Berkeley kind of way, right. right on the stage when the woman uh, formed that, uh, uh, the symbol, but um, yeah, you really, you really should see it. Cause it really is funny. And it was, and if you're a Beatles fan, it was George Harrison's, one of his favorite films.
0: Ooh. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah.
2: Passionate about it. Loved it. See, Loved and it. I did not know that.
1: I convinced my husband to watch it with me. He tried to watch the original with Gene Wilder, but he's not a Gene Wilder fan. He okay struggled with that one. He's not a Matthew Broderick fan either, but Nathan Lane won him over.
2: Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. David Lane truly is when he does uh, the um, betrayed at the end mm-hmm. at the, when he's in when he's in jail. And you know, the great thing about Mel Brooks is talk about like Spigadood. Mel Brooks knows all the tropes of of Broadway as well and all the little tricks. And then that's kind of the the recounting number. The, you know, It's not in every show, but you know, the big number that kind of calls back all the things that came before. Mm-hmm. And and Nathan Lane when he does that, oh my God. That's I know I so love that movie. incredible. Yeah. It's really it really, I'm gonna go watch it after this now. You've got you got to be all excited. It's so I have not. I did not see it live. I did. My, I saw it on Broadway with the originals. Oh,
1: my brothers went and saw it in Toronto in it would have been 2002.
2: Who was in it when they saw it? Oh, I don't remember who was in it then. Cuz so many stars were doing it. It was it's like one of yeah. those shows like The Odd Couple where I think it was Martin Short had done it for a while and Jason Alexander.
1: Yeah, I don't remember who was in it when they saw it, but it was so funny. Was so my brothers come back from Toronto with the mom have you heard of this musical and my mom's like no okay well i found it on dvd and we're gonna watch it it's like oh "Oh boy
2: oh no oh no oh no advisory advisory
1: right yeah like my my brothers were in their 20s and it was the what on earth did you just have me watch like (laughs) my mom was both amused and appalled (laughs) that's great Yeah, but It's become a family favorite and somehow gets quoted frequently and randomly sung throughout the house because that's the kind of family that we are. We do sing Uh, at each other, Tim. I I don't understand
2: why you think that's
0: weird. Right. They don't talk. They sing. No, Hey, you know, teach their own. I mean, I'll sing Beatles or Pearl Jam at you, but you know, I don't know about that. Yes.
2: Beatles. Beatles.
0: So. All right. So, Vinny, earlier we talked about how you spent 20 plus years at CBS uh, overseeing, you know, a lot of the uh, happened on, on late night, whether it was mm-hmm. Letterman or, or Colbert. Uh, but we also, you know, in, in our research found that you did a lot of work uh, with Howard Stern. You you guested often uh, on his show as well. Now, depending on who you talk to, Stern is either the savior of modern talk radio or the devil in the flesh. There doesn't seem to be a whole lot of middle ground when it comes to to Howard. So what's something that you wish people knew or understood about Howard that you don't think most people do?
2: Yeah, I wish um, they all had the benefit of seeing him off the air or knowing him off the air. Um, just uh, a great guy and, 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 and just could see the wrestling, you know, the pro wrestling aspect of the show, things that were like, there were even a couple of times where he, it was one thing happened. I forget, but it was pretty bad. And where I was accused, Oh, someone like Letterman allegedly had said something negative about Howard uh, in a pre-tape thing, which wasn't true. It was like, Sal called it in as and, and lied to Howard, but got Howard, angry and Howard started yelling at me. Um sure. you know, like you know, when he was really mad at, at Dave, but he's yelling at me about Dave, you tell him this and that. And my wife was was the days of the the buzzer, you know, the beeper, you know, not not even the phone. And it was vibrating, are you okay? Okay. And 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 he would break out into a smile during like he'd be like yeah, right, right angry and then he'd smile at me like okay like i like i knew like he was turning it on and then after the show it was like that was great you know and i'm like well good for you i'm still a little shaky here but um <laughs> uh he's just you know a very um Empathetic person, uh, and and from a, from a, just even a, perf- a a working point of view, you know, comedians are not very generous. You know, they want the laugh themselves. They don't want to share. The, 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 they don't want anyone else to get the bigger laugh than them. Howard was the opposite of that. Like I would, we would be in in the weekly production meetings, and it was such a joy. That Howard would get a kick out of anyone, whether it was an intern or, you know, Jackie making a really good, good observation or joke in the meeting. And it would crack Howard up. And I, it was wonderful. It was just wonderful. And he would share that on the air, which I thought was great. And he's a great, it's, you know, it's, it's a, and I, well, the other thing is, is I wish people could could have listened to him um, when he was on regular terrestrial radio, you know, K Rock, right. uh, specifically, or whatever market carried him, because that's a high wire act. You know, this is like a morning disc jockey, right? It wasn't even really talk. It's talk radio, but what is talk radio to me? Talk radio is is maybe a throwback to the '50s and '60s when that's all they did on, I guess, on AM. You know, Howard was on a rock and roll station, right? And right. you know, he's a morning talk show host who never told you the time, the weather. <laughs> Or the traffic, like all those things that that are staples. He right. never gave you any of that. Didn't play any music. Was the number one one one, and was the number one show in the country in the markets that he was in. It was incredible.
0: Yeah, I you know I've I've always been uh, amazed by his ability uh, from the outside looking in. Amazed at his ability to hold that standard, even though he didn't do the things that you just mentioned. Right. you know because you, when you think about morning radio you think about oh it's 8:15 after the hour today you are you know uh don't take don't take i75 south yeah, that's going to be a little up for you.
2: yeah even the yeah. guys who play music they get all those things in
0: exactly that. Yeah, I I think because when I think about uh, you know Howard doing morning shows and and weather and all that kind of stuff, my mind instantly goes to the movie Private Parts, where he's got the guy up and and you know he's doing the sound effects of the guy yeah. in the chopper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I think yeah. about that every time. And that was the only I think the only time he ever did anything that was traffic weather like related was that.
2: Well, that kind of that was forced on him. That was when yeah he was on right. the NBC. You know that the was B- the NBC. Big, NBC. Yeah, they had the big chopper. <laughs> you know the big the the, 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 yeah, yeah. the helicopter that every you know every station had their own shopper it was a big deal oh. yeah excellent
1: with howard stern though you're credited for putting him on television to compete it, with saturday
2: night live yeah i know that was so, that was such a crazy time that uh so we C- cbs was founded by william paley mm-hmm. and then there was a uh, period of time when westinghouse owned cbs and then they spun it off when i was there um, there was a merger with uh, Infinity, this the, this radio company that Howard Station was on. Mel Karmazin mm-hmm. ran it, merged with CBS, and suddenly, like, I'm like, oh my god, Howard Stern and I work for the same company, you know? That's right. crazy. And Mel Carmison, who Howard always talked about, he was the general manager uh, of of K Rock, but he was the guy who ran Infinity. Uh, was was now like becoming one of the top guys of, the, of CBS. And I'm like, oh, this is like crazy, you know? So I remember seeing Mel, introducing myself at, at CBS BlackRock, the big headquarters, a famous building, and going, hey Mel, Vinny Vivaldi, good to meet you. I've had of late night, big Howard Stern fan big harold stern fan and and uh, you know we got to do something together that that was just something i was saying like i was completely forgetting that i was the head of late night you know mm. and that 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 someone else might get the impression that i actually had had the ability to deliver on putting something putting how Stern turn on the air uh my boss leslie Moonves was the one who who had obviously the authority for that so mel goes oh so nice to meet you great well let's have a meeting with howard i'm like what that like what that, I was like, oh my God, so let me play this with my boss who was great Leslie was like, no, no, do it, do it let's let's figure it out and and we met with Howard and it was amazing and you know Howard wanted to he had done uh the channel nine show that's how what people call it it was a local Eleven thirty show just in New York, but it was a super station. So with the early days of cable, it was carried throughout the country, and mm-hmm. it was a great show, extremely low budget. And Howard worked really hard on that. And he said, "Look, you know, he was doing the e show, which is really just cameras in the radio station, right? right? So, like, well, what's this Saturday show going to be?" And and we realized. Uh, um, my my boss at the time, it's Semmel, the guy, he and I w- were the ones who were figuring it out, meeting with Howard. We were like, well, Howard really doesn't want to do anything new or different. So essentially, we had to do kind of a version of the E! show. Right. And I'm like, oh, God, we're going to get killed. Like, what What are we... Like, how are we going to pull this off, right? Because people were thinking, Howard Stern's going up against Saturday Night Live, you know? And it, and it, was, it wasn't going to be a network show, but it was almost going to be a network show because it was a syndicated show and all the CBS stations were going to carry it in pattern at 1130. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I remember we had this big, big press conference with Eric, the midget was there in a buddy suit and, and a, a girl named Tiffany in a bikini was there because it was now the Tiffany network stood for a stripper at scores and not the Tiffany you think William mm-hmm. Billy met. Uh, and uh it was it was crazy, but I remember one of the things that bonded Howard and I, uh, there were a lot of things. we would just we hit it off. and I remember sitting with Howard uh, and we were trying to figure out like like he was hip to the fact that we were going to get beat up because we weren't doing anything radically different from the mm-hmm. e show. We right. figured out a way to kind of make it special. We would shoot meetings. It became a little bit more like the Larry David show. But I remember I said, Howard, you know, we should call the TV show. let's just call it the Howard Stern Radio show. This way, we can't, you know, we're being just really honest. I, I love that. I, I I love that idea because it really does. It sounds cool. The Howard Stern Radio Show. You know what it was? Right. It right. was kind of like some visual things for the opening and Howard behind the microphone and all that. And then, you know, you were there. We weren't uh, making any illusions. But that was, that was a hard show to do because I was working with Letterman at the time and I was doing the Howard Show and I was really hands-on on the Howard Show. The Letterman Show, I was kind of there as uh, um, to support the producers, but also to be there for the network's needs. So there was a lot of negotiating back and forth. I need this and we need that. We need more money for this and that. And I had to be at the taping every night, but the Howard show was brutal with the censors. You know, I think Howard felt the um, the more over the top he could make the show, the better it would the more different it would be from E, you know, and and, right. and so we had like mm-hmm. Siamese twins on, and it was just really people joined at the head. It was it was crazy. It was intense. There was a a a lot of a lot of things that um I tried to help him, you know, get everything he wanted. But you know, like if you have the KKK guy on, who was a running car, not a character, it was a real guy, and Howard was brilliant by showing what an idiot he was by letting him just speak freely. Right. Well, that doesn't fly. On on network television or even syndication, right. the N word you can't say the N word, and it is actually amazing. I wonder if Howard could get away with that now on K Rock because they were liberally using the N word again, spouted by an idiot. You know, um, right, right, so stuff like that. You know, Howard pushing back when we needed to bleep stuff like that. So it was, it was a crazy time, but it was, in, it was incredible because I, I got to work with Howard. And then because of that, when you're in Howard's orbit, if you're up for it, you're on the show, you know, you you become part of, of the show because his whole life kind of, mirrored whatever happened in his life would be on the show the next day he'd filter out it was actually the thing that was amazing is as open as he was and and shared everything with the audience there were still a lot of things going on behind the scenes with us and the show that he never talked about because he was genuinely angry about things Mm -hmm. and he didn't want to bring everything up it was it was
1: incredible right right. i feel like though his his show kind of set the the pattern for for a lot of modern podcasts and vlogs. And it is kind of the, he, you guys set up this, this is how you can do it. Show people what your life is, show people what it's like inside your studio. And I feel like a lot of us podcasters are following that, that sort of model because of the show.
2: Yeah. I mean, when you look, when I, when I look at Tim's backdrop over there, you know, like Howard's studio, had all these little things uh you know the the you know the Jackie puppet and and you know the, the Larry King one uh um uh mugshot you know photo there. But there were cool things like audio carts and cool lighting. And yeah it's it's actually kind of easy to replicate. Now you're right. It, it did it did invent the long form talk, you know the yeah. uh, the and it you know it's interesting though like one of the things I loved about Howard's show too was the phone calls like the people that would call in, mm-hmm. and he would kind of sometimes he would discover the next you know whack packer or 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 just you know get into really great conversations, and that's the one thing I think I guess podcasts can't do well. They can, but it's like it's it's not in real time. You know the thing right. about uh, you know podcast unless unless someone calls me right now when we patch him in, you know this is just going to be the three of us. So mm-hmm. that's and I guess right. that's kind of what what. Clubhouse comes close to that, right? That app where people yeah. are just... Although that that scares me. Like, I, I I don't I don't quite. I'm not quite sure what's going on there. Uh, sometimes I just want to hear it and be anonymous. But like, you know, your name shows up. Vinnie Favalli is in the room. No, no, I'm not here. I just want to hear what you guys are doing. You know, right? Right. I just want to. I, I, just had, want to listen. I had that I for want a little while.
0: I got. I don't know. It 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 turned for me. It turned into um, just. Either uh, somebody, you know, as a marketing tool for some people, or a political tool for for other people. Right. And and I got tired of got, getting invited to the only those types of conversations when I clearly have no interest in either of those types of conversations. And uh, so I just deleted the app. I I got tired. Yeah.
2: Of it. I I, I uh, same here. Like and then sometimes like you just want to you want to listen. Even even like I might want to go into one that was uh, uh, on a completely different point of view from mine, because I just, sometimes it's good to know what the enemy's up to, you know? Right. You know, you know? So, so, okay, if there's a neo-Nazi clubhouse Kind of fascinated by to hear what 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 these dicks are talking about, but now you're in there, your name is in there. God only knows like how it'll probably haunt you, right? So you know. Vinnie Favali, you were. We have right. a screen grab that shows Vinnie Favali in there.
0: Yeah, God it, forbids the wrong person see your name in there, and yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. And then if you're in there too, they know you're in there, and then you can't like 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 that's a great thing about radio. Like if these nuts are on the radio, oh, I, I could hear them, I could listen. Right. No one knows, and if I want to call up, I'll call up. Mm -hmm.
0: Right. Yeah. That's, that's one of the downsides uh, of that app is that there's not a lot of anonymity where if you want to go listen to something anonymously, that's, that's not really going to happen. So yeah. But Um, but Twitter, the
2: great thing about Twitter is which I still, I love Twitter and I don't engage in Twitter. I'm just very, very passive. You know, I just, I just, Mm -hmm. I follow uh, a great, uh, you know, great cross section of people, and sometimes the poison gets in. But I even want to see, I want to know what Scott Baio's thinking about because it's like, <laughs> <laughs> what what is happening here? You know, like you know, no, it is fascinating. It's like you know, it, it was it was actually disappointing. You know, in some cases, like some one of my favorite bands uh, was the Raspberries. They're a great you know, early mm-hmm. 70s power pop outfit, like up there with Badfinger, you know, mm-hmm. post yep. Beatles, the best. And then it's like, oh, Eric Carmen's like just a raging, raging, you know, uh, supporter of things that I am not into, you know, and I'm like, okay, I got to separate the politics from, you know, and so that's, that's just a case of knowing too much.
0: Right. Something. That becomes difficult too, though, when it's somebody that, you know, somebody that you want to follow. Uh, you know, because you like all these other things by them, but then there's this one glaring yeah. huge thing and you go, ah, yeah, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can get with that.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and it just, it becomes a distraction and then you're mm-hmm. like, oh, geez. Okay. Let's, let's try to forget that one. Um, right. and Facebook does it too, just on, on a personal level. Sometimes you, you're finding things way too much about, you know, friends that I just, i like them the way I think I remember them. I don't need to know all that other stuff
1: yeah exactly i do exactly. that every once in a while i look up people that i went to high school with and i'm like and now
0: <laughs> yeah there was I'll a reason why i didn't I'll talk with you reunion. i'll skip that one. exactly oh was i was, we didn't talk with you then i was There's so a happy, happy with you my
1: 10-year reunion was in 2020 and oh darn there was a global pandemic uh,
2: what am i gonna do oh no oh, shucky darn it! Guys. i can't <laughs> go
1: see you guys <laughs> <laughs> didn't like you then i don't like you now
0: so <laughs> It was an easy pass. It was. All right. So Vinny, you've been part of three different podcasts. We were talking about how, you know, Howard's show kind of led into the the world of podcasting, but you've been a part of three different podcasts uh, as the host of currently of three podcasts, um, you know, host, -host. co-host. I certainly respect the amount of effort that goes into that. Now, one of them was a a one-off like radio style mystery. Oh my God,
2: that one. Let me tell you something. That is, that was so great. I I think I invented cereal. I did that before cereal existed. The, right. the the podcast, uh, yeah. The, yeah. The the mystery of Don Val, right? Mm-hmm. One, yeah. Yeah.
0: Was- yeah. So you had that one. Um. Of course, you have the one that you co-hosted with Art Bell. Yeah. Uh, and you know, as as the co-founders of Comedy Central, called Constant Comedy. Yes. And then the and then there was the third one, which I was the most interested in about. Not that I wasn't interested in no, your no, show no, with no. Art as well, but uh, I am a Beatles fan, and so to have one that was oh. Beatles themed, uh, oh. I thought was really cool. Now, there's a Beatles fandom here with both Kathleen and I, um, right, and right. their influence on pop culture is undeniable. Oh, you know, just it's huge. But it's a, what was awesome it about? Thing. Yeah, exactly. Right. But what was it about their music that made you want to deep dive into their library of songs and do a show dedicated to their music and their influence on pop culture?
2: Yeah, well, well, the, 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 the one that you're referring to, it's funny because everybody I, I'm actually I currently listen to, I think, 15 different. Beatles podcasts there's just there's so many something about the Beatles is a great one mm-hmm. um, so there's more than enough out there and this one actually I I did this the one that we're talking about is called uh, Beatlesque. right there it is right? yeah Be- yeah. Yeah. Meet the Beatles. Right. So I said, okay, what can I bring to the table? I did this actually before podcasting, I did it for my, for an old website where I just put it on an audio player. You know, there wasn't even, you know, you could listen to it through the browser. So um, and I said, well, what can I bring to the table? And then I'm just like, there were two that I actually were, were, were working on. One was Beatles cover versions. There are, thousands of 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 versions of Beatles songs like Bing Crosby doing Hey Jude, which is unbelievable. Some some so bad they're good, some that are interesting. But I I wanted to focus on Beatlesque because I remember when I was a kid, my brother would always used to make fun of me when I come home with a new record from EJ Corvettes. It's like, oh, you gotta love these guys. They sound just like the Beatles. I didn't even know the word Beatlesque, you know? But that would inform all my musical passions, like gee, the Beatles did a lot of music 200 some odd songs 12 albums mm-hmm. but i wanted more i wanted more <laughs> and that's why i fell in love with xtc and 10cc and band oh, yeah. and the pez band and photomaker and the early 70s were a time of of that but even now even now there's 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 still music coming out that's Beatle-esque and sometimes the band's just got one song in their canon that's Beatles. that's all I care about so I did I think seven episodes I have a, a maybe a hundred more songs that I need to do I just have to find the time because as you use you, you guys know uh it's it's just so time consuming to just
0: what's you know. what's time
2: yeah, what what is time? But I love Beatles. I love jangly guitars. I love all the all the hallmarks of the Beatles songs. Right, the harmonies. Um, it's it's great. There's a, one of my favorite. I'm actually working on a book right now that I think you guys will love when when it comes out. Called uh, it's called Do You Hear What I Hear? And it's the history of Christmas music going back to from the 17th century to now. Interesting. You know, okay. I am doing like a deep dive. Uh, it is. Um, I, I I did the map of it, and it's like three hundred, uh, almost three hundred songs. They're, you know, songs that you all know. You know, the majority of them, but the history behind them and the and the cover versions. And this is this is the the, the prototype of the cover.
0: Of the okay, book. cool. But yeah, one of my favorite
2: Christmas albums is by a Swedish band who who covered twelve great Christmas songs but as if they were the Beatles and it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It's called, they're called the rubber band. Uh, And it just goes to show you that, like how that, that you could, they do it so easily. And you, you're, you're listening to last Christmas by wham and, but it starts off sounding like the Beatles doing please, Mr. Postman. Yeah, you know, it's it's crazy. So their their influence is wide. I just wanted to put something out in the world just to collect these things because a lot of these songs are just lost to time. People they just don't know it, but there are a lot of people like us, like the three of us, that that really uh, love anything that's Beatles related.
0: Yeah. So here's here's something i gotta ask you if you've seen or not. So are, are you familiar with the, the the James Corden show? Yeah. Have you watched any of that? Oh
2: yeah, yeah. We 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 launched. I mean, I mean, I wasn't a part of it, but that was the that was. I was at CBS when that went on the air.
0: Okay, yeah. So he, so he does a, a portion of his show where he, um, it's called Carpool Karaoke. Yep. Have you have you seen the one with Paul McCartney?
2: Oh my God! Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, I absolutely. Well, you're not a fan one. of
2: it because he was singing. Did you like it, or people I, were I loved it that he was singing? To, that, that James Corden was singing. Too oh, I much. could care
0: less about that. Yeah. I, I you know what it was I was great. I enjoyed the whole thing. And and honestly, um, I was watching it and, and I've I've said this before in other other interviews, and we we've talked about this particular episode of, of Carpool Karaoke. When they get to the end there at that little bar, oh. you know, and, and the, he goes up on stage and starts performing, and all these people realize what's going on. I got choked up for yeah. these people because, well, A, I was jealous of the fact that they were there and I wasn't. And B, so, you know, also so very happy for them that they were getting a chance to live out for many of them. What was a childhood fantasy uh, to be able to see the Beatles, but they, you know, they maybe got to it too late. You know, and that was in Louis right? stadium. Yeah, that yeah was exactly. Liverpool. That was
2: the, actually, yeah. If he had done that in Kansas, I would have been pissed off. You
0: know, it's like right. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Liverpool, Liverpool deserves that at the very least. Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Amazing. So,
2: yeah, that was great. I got choked up uh on the Get Back film. That was overwhelming.
0: The the one that That's, was on
2: Apple yeah. Plus.
0: That was Yeah, I've, uh, I've been watching that
2: that was really emotional because like, yeah, they are, you know, it just took me back to, I was even, I was a kid at the time, but it, it just, I felt like, Oh, I'm in the room. It's like 1970s. You know, my brothers are alive and everything is great. You know, my oh, parents yeah, are yeah, yeah. You start thinking about like, okay, this is that time. Cause I remember my older brother, he's the one that, that turned me onto the Beatles, you know, because he was of the age.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that. Okay. It's funny how
1: Excellent. older siblings have that. Oh, that effect on you
2: the power that they have now you have the power to give you wedgies and nookies and
1: right turn you you on you to trees until your parents get home Yeah,
2: exactly
0: yeah your brother helped you get interested in the Beatles. mine tried to get me interested in poison and motley Crue. i think you win oh so. wow
2: <laughs> look at you you survived you survived
0: poison <laughs> exactly
1: my older brother introduced me to three days grace avenged sevenfold and bowling for soup so oh no
2: oh god yeah yeah, yeah. No, no, no. i mean yeah what, what would you call that music like what genre is that like uh, well rock? i
1: mean like bowling for alt soup rock, is rock, yeah. bowling for soup is more punk rock but the rest of it's alt rock
0: definitely i would call bowling for soup pop, uh pop punk pop personally. punk yeah that was yeah that was yeah there was some good stuff kathleen <laughs> <laughs> <What laughs> <would laughs> <we laughs> don't purse your lips at me You're like <laughs> what would we call sugar ray <laughs> sugar ray <laughs> um i would i would call that uh a changed channel
2: uh, um, <laughs> you know what? They, they for a while for like three or four summers in a row they had a good summer song. Like I mean, they you know kids... you know
0: what the the funny thing about them is is that their first album is nothing like anything that it's like after their first album they they found out what was radio friendly right right and, and what what was, and God bless them they figured out what was going to sell them some records you know you know you know good good on them. What it was our first album? The,
2: the first album was I Just Wanna Fly, uh, right? Uh no, no. Well, oh, that was the
0: first one I think that was popular. Yeah. It was oh really? Uh, okay,
2: so so did, did the first album have any hits at all?
0: I the only reason why I checked it out was because um, it, was called, it was called it's uh, called sugar lemonade and sugar or something like that. Yeah, I can't remember yeah. the actual title of the album. So if Mark McGrath ever hears this. Um, uh, sorry, I slaughtered that. Uh, but secondly, uh, there's a song on there called Danzig just needs a hug. And so growing up around a lot of hard rock and right. and everything. So Glenn, uh, Danzig was, a, uh, you know, is a, a hard rock band. It was right. it called uh black rock, you know, because it was, you know, a little on the, the dark side of things. Um, and, um, they had some, they had some, you know, some of their songs that were considered to have some spiritistic overtones. And so, uh, but the lead singer glenn danzig always looks mean and angry and and all this stuff and so when i saw the title danzig just needs a hug of course i had to go i had to go That's listen funny. to it because you know i knew who danzig was and That's i'm right. like oh yeah he probably does just need a hug he's grumpy <laughs> and where so. are they
2: now so what is sugary doing now
0: actually i think mark mcgrath is also a, uh he's doing something on uh he's a post a uh, radio show on sirius yeah and then he's doing some
2: tv you know whose first album i loved smash mount Mm-hmm. I thought yeah. Walking on the Sun was such a great song, you know? Uh, and then, mm-hmm. but then, and then I don't know what, I mean, look, they had a lot of hits, uh, but I don't know how to class. I like classifying things. Yeah. That's why I love the sixties and the seventies. Oh, right. This is, disco, this is metal. This is punk now. Oh, this is new wave. I get all that. Now. I don't know what any of the, of, of this is. I lost track of the
0: nineties. I think.
1: Meh. Everybody lost track of stuff in the nineties. It's okay. <laughs>
0: I'm still tracking stuff from the 90s, so we're good.
1: I was okay that's, until that's somebody said that's, 40 that's years ago the other day, and I'm like, oh yeah, 40 years ago, that was 1982.
0: Yeah, I saw I saw a TikTok the other day. Oh. They're like, respectfully, if you were born in the 1900s, I'm like, you need to shut your dirty
2: mouth. <laughs> oh my god!
0: But I'm like, you make it sound like like we're ancient, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I get enough of that from Kathleen. So well,
1: okay, so I only do that to you because it's hilarious, but. <laughs> Yesterday, we got one of those stupid robocalls and I answered it. And it was the well, one of my agents will call you in the next 48 hours to give you information about your end life insurance and your final benefits and expenses. And I'm like, okay, so I know that turning 30 is scary, but I didn't think I needed final expenses insurance. (laughs) And this guy laughed so hard, he dropped his phone. Oh, that's so funny. And then hung up on me. And I'm like,
0: <laughs> That's great.
1: I'm like, way to try to scam me. And then the <laughs> you are laughing so hard about the girl who's like, but I'm only 30. I don't I, you know. I
2: insurance. How how sad was it during COVID? Like watching too much daytime TV and Tom Selleck with the reverse mortgages? I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> now we're not, I th- he does that thing. It's like, you know, now this is not just some kind of scam. <laughs> and then he does the little laugh to like
0: sure it's cover not.
2: that. Of course it's <laughs> this a scam. isn't a scam.
0: But <laughs> it is <Everything>. so. I <laughs> almost needed to do it like a Jedi hand wave. You don't notice me. This is not a scam. So oh, I am they, not just...
1: cheating you out of your money. Yeah.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: So, rewinding a bit, talking about your musical. It is the. It's available on your website and on Bandcamp. The the yeah, the soundtrack. soundtrack's
2: on Bandcamp, and there's a hereaftermusical.com hereaftermusical has got a ton of stuff on there. A lot of video. There's a YouTube channel too with all that stuff.
1: So. If you could go back and tell your younger self about all of the things that you've done, about your musical, about working on television, do you think that you would believe you?
2: No way. No way. <laughs> no way. I wrote a um I wrote a piece. Uh, it's at ViniFavali.com. Um this year is the speaking of 40, is the 40th anniversary of me being on Letterman, doing stand-up on Letterman. 1982. And that was such an amazing year for me because it was my first job working. Um, I was like living with my parents going to the Catholic school for nine years. And then I went to a trade school, a high school, a trade school where you go because there's no other choice in life, and I was afraid of electricity. I was taking elect- electrical engineering, and I was afraid of electricity. Uh, but uh, so, so like I, I, when I went into college, I had like zero academics because the trade school does not stress stresses very little, other than the trade there was no languages there's really not math English history nothing so I was a total rube going into college and just luck 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 I got a job right out of college working for WNBC you know WNBC. working in 30 Rock and I yeah and I, so so at the time it's happening I it all felt like a dream like I can't believe like I, I you know I used to you know watch Johnny Carson and, and when his show was coming from Dirty Rock, where Fallon does the show now. And, and now I'm in those halls and I'm watching David Letterman, you know, whose office was next to mine because his morning show was canceled and he was in limbo. So he hadn't, hadn't even launched this 1230 show, but I'm like, I used to see him in the hallways. We see each other and we used to both watch Howard Stern do his radio show Behind the Glass, just mm-hmm. like in the Private Parts movie. That's the way it was. And and I remember like, oh yeah, he used to be on Carson. Like he was like one of Carson's favorite guests. So yeah, to answer your question, no way. I still don't believe it actually. I still, it still feels like uh, a, a dream. And I, I, you know, as close as I got to all of that, there were some days, it was pretty heady times where like I was sitting in with Howard in the morning and then I was I was going to Letterman in the afternoon and they put me in a comedy piece. So there were more than a few days where it's like, wow, I'm on Howard Stern's show and I went on David Letterman tonight. And it was incredible but sometimes like you don't want to see how the state gets made and mm-hmm. it's not fun. A lot of times it's not fun. There is a lot of tension, especially with what I had to deal with in my job, making sure that Letterman had all the all the things he needed from the network and his people. And sometimes things didn't go their way. And, you know, I'd see an angry side of them and and, and they were justified in being angry. Right. And I'd, I'd see Howard upset at things justifiably. And I'm like, Oh, it's so much more fun when you're just listening, you know, from the, from the comfort of your headphones yeah. or watching from home, you know? Right. Uh, but it never, it never hurt my enjoyment of their show. Even now I still lo- lo- I wish Dave was still doing a version of his show. I mean, but I, I, remain a fan and actually David Letterman just launched a YouTube channel, which is great, which okay. is now. So now you could actually, We nice. did it in conjunction with NBC. So Letterman owns all the CBS shows from 94 till to when he went off the air and NBC owned all the, all the NBC shows, but they merged. Uh, and so this channel is fantastic. It's just high quality, uh, um, Versions of all the great interviews and things, and they're rolling it out every day. There's something new on there, so
0: that's, that's cool. How,
2: so yeah, I just I, I I it's it's been a great career. I'm very proud of it.
0: You should be, absolutely, definitely. Thank you. All right, Vinny, we have one final question for you. We like to call it our silly question. Okay. So you can answer this as as serious or silly as you like. Okay. All right. What is one thing that you wish existed but doesn't at the moment?
2: You just blew my mind. Sweet. Everything does exist right now. I wish that I could, uh, I I wish there was technology that allowed me to scroll with my (laughs) eyes through my Twitter feed, not my hand. So instead of doing this, Mm -hmm. I could just look Mm -hmm. and go.
0: That would be nice. That would be nice. I think that's that's coming.
2: Yeah. Hmm. Has to. All my dreams will come true then.
0: There you go,
1: I could go for a teleport. A teleport would be nice,
2: oh wait, teleport like time travel mm-hmm. or 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 te- teleport like you could just go to to uh, from one like, place like from, just an oh.
1: instantaneous teleport like i can I can stand on it, I can push a button, and then I'm at my mom's house instead of a okay, drive. so that's
2: not time not time travel just oh yeah, that's probably more realistic than time travel where I'd like to go back fifty years ago, which would be cool, but I think. Like Star Trek, right? Where you mm-hmm. just beat me up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You yeah. think that's? Do you think that's doable ever? Probably not. But. No.
0: No, I think you're gonna have some human soup for a while before that actually. Really? Uh,
2: but yeah. what if? What if there's a version of that? Like, what if? What if they could figure out a way to do a holography of you at? Mm. I guess the, the, the the benefit of that would be your mom, not you, because you would right. still be here. But if there that holography of you were at your mom's and it just like it was synced up with you the way our watches are synced up with with our phones and every time they talk like she it's like your mom's on the phone with you only you're there how cool would that That would be, be cool see that's doable let's work on see, that that, would see, be you know, nice. that could I'm probably
0: podcast yeah that could probably happen in a virtual reality world if you're both inside of the virtual reality and you know able to interact
2: yeah that, yeah that's feel, that's, that's kind of like
0: a ready player one vibes
2: yeah, like if you if your mom had this thing, she says, oh, "I want to talk to Kathleen." And and you manifested there, and it's whatever wardrobe that you pick for that, and it's sitting on the couch. And you're at home. You could be in your pajamas, but you're like talking to your mom because you have an earpiece and you can hear everything. Wow. That would be really cool. I just could, I just blew my own mind. There it's you go. a
1: 3-hour drive. That's great. <laughs> Oh, Vinny, thank you so much for talking with us today. Oh,
2: thanks. This is fun, guys. I really enjoyed the conversation.
1: Definitely. Oh, so where you. can our viewers and our listeners go to find out more about your work and what you've got coming out?
2: Ooh, go, I guess the best place is a Um And that's got like links to everything I've done. I, I blog a lot and, and it's got all my hereafter stuff as well.
1: Awesome. We will Perfect. definitely link your website. Yeah.
0: Thank you. Thank you, guys. All right, want to remind everybody that subscribing is the single most important thing that you can do to ensure that we get more amazing guests like, of course, Vinny Favali here today, have these conversations with and get more funny moments for you guys to be able to listen to. So please subscribe. It helps us more than we can ever really tell you. And be sure to go to VinnyFavali.com to check out more information about Vinny, his work and everything he's going to be up to. And remember, kids, pop culture is all around you. It influences everything we do in life, every part of our lives. So be sure to come back here next week. We'll have your next fix waiting right here for you on Pop Culture Addicts.
2: Thanks again, Vinny. Bye-bye, guys. Take care. That was fun. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you.
0: On behalf of the rest of the hosts of the FSF Popcast, we want to thank you for listening to this episode. If you'd like to be a guest on a future episode, please contact us by means of Twitter or Instagram using the handle at FSF Or go to www.fsfpodcast.com and click on the contact me link. Thanks again and hope you enjoyed the episode.